Magist Radio, follow the sound. I am your host, Iana Padilla, your optimistic chica who won't make you paasa from 1ABCOM. And today I am with... It's your local Gulay Girlie from 1AB Communication. It's your girl Celery without the C. And your resident Lolo here at Magist Radio Z Pineda. And you are tuned into Hashtag Mema only here at Magist Radio. So it's been a month, you know, since we all saw each other. How are you guys? Hi. What's been going on since, hello, you know, hello, we hello. were last here? One word? Akads. That's all. Period. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll match that. <laughs> two, words, two words, two words. Two words. Final mm-hmm. yes, week. Okay, I have, I have four words, which, okay. you know, which was inspired by Ellery when you were talking kanina. <laughs> Ayaw ko na talaga. Yan. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Okay, can we get a, can we get wow. a, that's me clapping, yeah, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, this is recapping also for so, you guys. We, we got this, we got this. So obviously, all three of us are very, you know, busy right now with our requirements. Yes. But of course, bes- besides, you know, our academic lives, there's a lot going on in the world. And one of them is some is a very important topic, which we should talk about, which relates to Asian hate, right? So last March, uh, last March 16, 2021, a man went on a rampage mm-hmm. on three different spas and shot eight Asian women. The Atlanta shooting sparked an outcry and shed light on the rampant Asian discrimination that went unnoticed. So what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm actually glad it actually went into the spotlight because, you know, uh, actually, let's be honest, huh? Much like the discrimination against people of color, the bigotry towards Asians date talaga from way back pa, like 19th century back pa. And I think it's really good that it's actually getting addressed right now. Mm-hmm. And um, to connect to that, I think it's especially good that we're actually talking about this now because if anything, it's gotten worse. Um, like um, in 2020, hate crimes towards Asian people in America rose nearly 150%, guys. That's... A significant jump, super significant. And it's believed that this surge was largely due to the influence of former President Donald Trump, who consistently referred to COVID-19 as the China virus, the Chinese virus, or like um, even Kung flu, which is like probably the meanest thing he could ever say about it, which is super incorrect because um, I'm not sure... Uh, where exactly I read it from, but I remember seeing somewhere that the World Health Organization actually like condemns this idea of like um, what do you say it like naming a disease based on its um, geological origin. Like they're saying it's really incorrect. So for Trump to do that just really creates a lot of problems. And more than more more than that, like Trump weaponizes words in referring to the virus as such, and by doing so, it became a major influence on how people behaved on you know towards like asians marginalized groups and it's just it just created this big like what's the word slippery slope is that is that something you can call it am i using that analogy right yeah yeah yeah. problems that just came down on like the whole asian american community what i agree like you know the way that you know such an influential you know person like former u.s president donald trump for him to like uh freely you know say these things to propagate this hate speech it's really one of the reasons why like you know from hate speech you know see like from what we've seen on social media has evolved into hate crimes so you know 
So a number of the American mm. population blamed the Chinese for COVID-19, but their detestment eventually extended past the Chinese and targeted the Asians instead. Because I think that's really important to point out because, you know, with the way Donald Trump is um, saying this, saying his hate speech about calling it the Chinese virus, the China virus, they're trying to, you know, um, point hate or target hate and blame to Chinese um, Chinese individuals. But then how it's working out now, it's extended past and it's just targeting Asians in general because, you know, these people, they don't yeah. care to identify like what your origins actually are, right? Like they see someone, like yeah. a person of color, and then they won't like, you know, bother to think, oh, is this person, you know, Asian, uh, sorry, not Asian, is this person Chinese or Korean or Japanese or even Filipino mm-hmm. or, you know, so much other more um, ethnicities and races. They just think... You know, oh, they're Asians. Yeah, which is, I actually. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay, this is gonna be like a sort of serious tangent sort of story type of thing, but there's this one time um, when my family and I were on vacation in England, and we went to Stonehenge, right? And basically, um, there was this American tourist guy, the meanest guy I've ever seen, I've I've ever encountered, and like my mom and I were like taking a photo by Stonehenge, <laughs> right? And this American guy. He might have been like so impatient with us. He he looked at us, he went like straight up to me. Keep in mind I was like twelve. He pointed um like his finger like away from this area and he said Ching Chang Chong just to me and my mom. So we were just like absolutely like shocked, like flabbergasted, like what? Dude, and I answered him like in straight English, um, okay, we'll we'll leave. But he was shocked that I could speak English. But like it was just like the most inappropriate thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. So that just gives you an idea of how, you know, these kind of people operate. Like, Dude. seriously. It's it's just this whole big problem, yeah. Dude, it's really, really a big problem. And considering that, you know, seeing that, that, that happened a long time ago, Z. Like, that happened a long, long time ago. And adding on mm-hmm. to what's happening now, considering that their political leader, like, tolerates it, actually sometimes encourages it pa nga. Parang, you know, like, if these occurrences were mm-hmm. to happen in the if these occurrences were already happening in the past, like, malamang ngayon, like, there's a higher chance that more cases like this will happen. Kasi, mm-hmm. Especially with Trump in power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, with how Trump weaponizes his words, his declarations, like, even the snide remarks, it really makes an impact. Because eh? it makes people think that what they're doing is okay. When, technically, deep down, look at what happened with you. Like, that mm-hmm. was traumatizing. I would be traumatized, you know? Yeah. It really was, yeah. Crazy. And, you know, to add to that is it, it's not just about Trump influencing other people to join in on the hate train. It's also about engaging and, like, tolerating the bystander effect, you know. Uh, for some of you guys out there who don't know what the bystander effect is, it's basically how other people just watch as these crimes happen, as these crimes unfold, and they don't do anything because they're just bystanders. They choose to not include themselves in whatever is happening, which is also wrong, diba? Kasi at the end of the day, if you choose mm-hmm. to do nothing, if you just choose to watch, you're just as same as the oppressor, right? And Yeah, you're you know, part of the problem. Yeah, you're part of the problem, exactly. And the bystander effect prevented Asian discrimination from garnering attention from the past. Which is really sad because multiple cases and hate crimes went unreported. Talaga. So technically, we have nothing to thank on but social media who actually paved the, the way, the platform for people to be aware of these issues, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um this like a bystander effect that we see is you know besides you know the fact that you think other people are there so they should help. I think it's also a cultural tendency. Like with Asians, there's a cultural tendency to remain silent. You know, many Asians believe that it was better to keep their problems silent and instead oh, yeah. cope with the xenophobia. Because, you know, um, there's it kind of it's kind of in line with like that very Western but wrong view that, oh, Asians are obedient people, they're silent people. But, you know, we, we know it's wrong. Well, we know it's wrong. But I think this tendency to remain silent is somewhat mm-hmm. of a, um, how should I say, like a, like a defense mechanism because you know these Asians there in you know in Western countries they know that mm-hmm. they're at some type of disadvantage due to where they're from due to the um, the society that they're entering because there is that um, yeah. underlying ra- racism or not super underlying it's just really racism that's there so they think that oh if I won't you know cause too much trouble I'll be mm-hmm. okay and actually watched like a a movie recently in Netflix it's called Moxie but that's not um, it's not really the focus of the movie oh, yeah, it, yeah there's just this one scene where the the friend of the protagonist she's asian so she kind of didn't really you know take as much risks as her um as the protagonist because you know the protagonist she was white like because um the asian friend she understood that you know she is there's a lot more consequences for her if she risks like you know going against the grain in a way well Honestly, uh, building on to, like, again, you know, social media as a platform to better address these issues. I think you also get to think, you know, advocacy groups and other pro-Asian supporters who are actually now lending their assistance, especially with Asian hate getting the so-needed international attention it deserves from the very start. Ba. And, you know, I think it's really cool lang rin how... Okay, honestly, look, look at you right now, Iana. You notice that. You notice the Asian discrimination happening within a pe- a movie or a scenes in movies that you've watched. And that's a good step. Because the problem kasi non, is people fail to recognize it. Eh. People just slap it off as, like, the slapstick or this running gag. Like, oh, Asians, ching chong, whatever, you know? Well, in reality... Mm-hmm. It's discriminating. It's derogatory, especially in our part as we're also Asians. You know, mm-hmm. it's a really good step, and I think uh, a big group of people we need to thank for making us more aware. Or, of course, like what I said, advocacy groups and pro-Asian supporters, right? Yeah, and um, one example of these uh, pro-Asian groups, and in general, just like anti-hate groups, is the uh, AAPI. They're they sort of work as like a tracker organization. Um, that collects stories of hate crimes. And their founder, uh, Russell Jung, uh, said, and I quote, it's helpful, um, it develops a collective voice that helps us document the problem, and it proves to people that these aren't isolated incidents. He's referring to, like, um, you know, um, the overall, what do you call that, uh, wave that's been going on of, like, people, you know, supporting, like, measures against anti-Asian hate. And I think this is, like, a really big measure because... I'm not sure if you guys have the same experience as I do, but like, if you follow a lot of like Western celebrities who are who support like the stop the fight against like, uh, a- against Asian hate, um, there are many people who comment on those posts who are like saying Asian hate isn't a thing; it's not real. But in reality, it is. So these, this collective, you know, sort of um of organizations are really doing some good work in like you know putting these situations out there and, not, and, and saying these, this is a thing we have to listen and you know overall I think it um, also does uh, it can also do 
a great job in uh, combating the bystander um, like effect as um, was it Ellery? Ellery mentioned it earlier, yeah. right? The bystander effect. Yeah. Um, they really do a good job in preventing yeah. that. And if I know correctly, AAPI also offers, um, you call that bystander intervention training, which aims to teach people of all races how to act and defend themselves in the occurrence of a hate crime. And that's also really great because it's not just about being aware, but it's also um, some sort of like arming yourself. Because like Yana said a while ago, um, we might some Asians might have like this whole cultural thing of like remaining quiet, remaining like, you know, um, within themselves when it comes to xenophobia because of a number of different reasons. But in reality, we also need to learn to defend ourselves because a lot of these people are really ignorant and probably won't change in like a million years. So it's really good that we have measures to help ourselves as well. So yeah, guys, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, actually, for me, I mean, to wrap things up, is honestly, it all just goes back to the Atlanta shooting. You know, mm-hmm. it really did raise awareness or it really did pave mm-hmm. the way for other people to recognize the Asian discrimination occurring right now. But, you know, it also serves as mm-hmm. this warning signal, you know, na xeno- like xenophobia, like what you guys were saying a while ago. If it's left unchecked, it really poses great risks. Because like, you also have to consider if the suspect committed homicide with the purpose of destroying his sexual temptation, like, would the others be tempted to commit the same crime also towards Asians? Like, uh, honestly, the more mm-hmm. crimes like this happen or, or the more that these crimes like this aren't really given the attention they deserve, the more people will consider that, oh, it's no big deal. Or more people will think that, oh, he got yeah. away with it. I could probably get away with it also. So it raises so many yeah, questions. Yeah. Like, would hate crimes then include murder alongside verbal and physical assault? Like, imagine, imagine was he, like, from your occurrence on when you were 12? Like, what mm-hmm. if that escalated into something more, you know? Or yeah, moreover, will people terrifying. continue to yeah. be... Yeah, it's really terrifying and traumatic. So, and sila ganyan, that's just verbal, ha? Paano pa kaya pag physical? And moreover, will people continue to be apathetic towards the, you know, baneful impact of these circumstances? Because at the end of the day, the Atlanta shooting, it was a reminder. It wasn't really an ignition. It didn't really trigger anything. Kasi the problem has long been here na. I think it was just like a really big wake-up call mm-hmm. for everybody to recognize that, oh, this is happening. People are getting discriminated and yeah. other people's lives are on the line because of it. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I guess in really battling things like this, it's really, you know, we always go back to this. It's always about um, learning. It's always about being aware. And, you know, if we continue, if people continue to bury this narrative, then nothing will change. Okay, so now that we talked about, you know, um, issues happening globally, happening outside um, our personal lives let's you know go back home let's talk about what's happening here now in you know in the Ateneo so as the school year draws to a V yes of course you know as the school year draws to a close the transition to the next has begun specifically the election season for our very own school organizations and councils all right yeah you know because honestly every year despite the fact that you know I mean because, you know, every year, even if you're an org member or not, like, you really will notice the campaign materials. It's everywhere from your news feed to, I'm not sure because I'm a freshie, but probably posters somewhere uh, in the physical campus. But I'm pretty sure everybody has seen the materials, the campaigns, like, 
so much of those like worthy posts mm-hmm. about hey I am a woman of passion grit I can lead this organization this community <laughs> this LS community whatever so you know Ateneo's campaign season really showcases that Ateneans who you know want to take their leadership to the next level and I think it's a, you know it really requires a lot of grit a lot of commitment a lot of moxie you know what I'm saying so yeah moxie moxie I love that <laughs> moxie alright so with that you know, although their platforms and plans of action are actually, you know, centered on improving the membership and the organization as a whole, the challenge kasi is, you know, to be socially relevant nowadays. Kasi, let's be honest, like, our generation is very progressive. We are, like, very progressive in comparison to the previous generations. And I think, at this age, everybody's special. Everybody has tapped into their own potentials. Considering that we're all studying in Ateneo, ah, we're, we're all very capable. And I think it's a matter of just translating your potential to also ignite potential onto other people. And with that, these past few years, especially since these campaigns are paralleled with elections in real life, guys, vote wisely because... I mean, yeah, we're all capable. We wouldn't be in Ateneo if we weren't capable. But then again, only a handful talaga really deserve to be leaders or to have that responsibility to carry other people throughout these trying times. Considering, it's COVID. We're in a pandemic. We really need all of the guidance we can get. And, you know, actually, I've seen a few platforms here and there from Sangu. Because I'm, okay, uh, I'm kind of BS org. You know, I'm in Sangu. I'm in... Ajma and Minecom also. And seeing all of the platforms of all of our candidates, it's really promising it. Eh? Because you really get to see, wow, uh, these candidates care enough about the welfare of our members to the point that they're making SWOT analysis, they're making platforms, they're really revising how they look at the organization just for the benefit and you know betterment of our growth as individual members. It's great. Really reassuring, right? How about you guys? Have you guys seen any campaign materials or whatnot? Oh yeah, of course. We especially like right now campaign season and everything. But like Ellery, I'd just like to point out what you said about the um, voting wisely thing. Thank you for saying that because um, you know we can't help but sometimes question the sincerity or like follow through with what these candidates have to offer. You know, after all, being in these positions with also be more of a personal gain for them, you know, especially for their credentials in the future. But nonetheless, you know, as Ateneans, we are called to take a different perspective and shed light on the fact that they heeded the call and uh, chose service. And this really just, like, you know, um, parallels, uh, you know, the national elections and, like, elections in general for every other country. Because, like, um, I think, you know, we can all, we all sort of like have those experiences of like maybe grade school or high school where people run and they don't know exactly what they're doing. And then like they're, fr- they're asking their friends <laughs> to vote for them and then they end up getting in, in power and it's like nothing's really happening. And um, I'm, I'm not making like Patama or anything, that's just like the fact of life it happens. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and, you know, I think like... Um, we, if anything, we can think of it as like, I don't want to say practice, but like maybe like training for like, you know, um, when like, you know, uh, maybe if these candidates want to take up, you know, government positions in the future and stuff like that. It's it's their parang training ground to like uh, really hone, you know, you know, and be compassionate, you know, for people. Because I think 
um, that's what people don't realize. It's that we're not working for them. They're working for us. So I think that's something, you know, that's really that's cool true. to keep in mind. Yeah, I think that's just, you know, something that we have to um, constantly remember. So, yeah. I agree. You know, you know, besides these opportunities being as, you know, um, a time for them to develop their skill, you know, besides, you know, seeing what a person's skill is, I think it's also important to know or like important to see, you know, how much passion, how much passion and love for, you know, these organizations, for their service that these people need to have, especially when they choose to, you know, take up these positions where it's service, you know, you're supposed to it's it's not always easy to love what you do, but then you know when mm-hmm. it when it comes to you know hoping to help other people, it should be with you know, the right amount of love and passion to pursue yeah. these positions. You know, for example, with the Sangunian easing its way it easing its way in as one of the most vocal political student organizations at this time, there's a certain amount of pressure to be able to sustain student representation while also standing up for what is right in this unjust society. Similarly, specialized organizations have their own identities and competencies that need to be maintained as these future leaders implement initiatives geared towards their target development areas. And you know, like, I've actually really seen this. Um, You know, I'm sure we've all had our fair shares of like, or I don't know, like for me in the orgs that I've joined, I've, I've attended a few like, you know, ICs or individual consultations where um, the candidate they want they want to like you know talk to the members like directly and see mm-hmm. their perspective which i think is really important because you know you you don't just you know create ideas from based off what you know it's really important to know what your members want and yeah the people yeah that's the first time i've seen something like that technically speaking you know that one on oneness where you really mm-hmm. want to help and i do see like you know the passion and drive from these people yeah and okay just to add to that, um, you brought up some really good points. And I'd also like to add that uh, um, it really isn't just like, you know, oh, you, you serve for a year, then that's it. it it's, it's really, you know, I've been in Ateneo my entire life and they, they sort of drill into your head the kind of like, oh, yeah, Magis, oh, you, you, you're you a servant leader. You know, you sort of like um, lead, but you also like, you know, serve with love and passion and stuff like that. And funny story, actually, I remember in... Um, senior high school i wanted to um what's what's the word run uh for what was it what was the position i was running for for president of um our music org in senior high school and yeah very schmexy indeed and like (laughs) um i was really really like you know i really wanted to like but um give my all for that but then i ended up losing and i was like really sad for a while but then when the new when the guy who won when he uh you know when i saw all the work he was doing for the org that's when i realized yeah he's really doing a much better job and i didn't feel bad after that anymore because um in the end of the day like even though i care for my org mates i knew he cared as much if not more and um he could like and like he actually knows a lot of like um, things he can do to help them where I where I lacked a little bit. So in the end of the day, I think it's like it really shouldn't we really shouldn't see it as like a competition. You know what I mean? It's it's more of like mm-hmm. um, you don't better yourself um, as a leader because you want to win. You better yourself as a leader so that, you know, no matter who gets chosen, you know, nobody loses. Does that make sense? That's true. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. And I think it all goes back to servant mm-hmm. leadership. Servant leadership. I mean, 
personally for me, it's ironic because it's one of the words or like descriptions I really hold on to the most. Yes. Especially noon, because no, I didn't really take senior high in Ateneo. I took senior high in USD. Ah. And it was like a word that was always emphasized to us because I've been doing council work since I was in senior high in USD. We stand. And basically, they always tell us that in whatever you do, always make sure that you are working for the people and with the yes. people. And with that, there comes in servant leadership because that's a difference eh, when you're, when you're, okay, like, okay, you know when it's always emphasized na what makes a boss lead, uh, what makes a boss different from a leader is a leader works with his people, with his, with his constituents. Mm-hmm. Yes. While a boss is just an authoritative figure that orders and directs everybody around. And I think we should really emphasize that since we are a generation of progressive youth leaders, you know, we can really, you know, we, we're different eh. Like, not that I'm like, like, making angat our own baka. <laughs> but like, we care more about the constituents or people around us. We're more empathetic. We mm. we are a generation of youth leaders who are more passionate about doing what's best and what aligns most with their yeah. morals. That's and true. also to add to that is, honestly... It's hard na kasi nowadays since everybody is capable, since everybody everybody is very, you know, social media, tech, sa- tech savvy. It's so easy kasi to say that, oh, I'm promise- I am I can give you so much. I, I can promise you yeah. a lot. But in reality, we also have to realize that there will always be those trapos. There will always be those people who are, uh, I don't know if you know the term, but ningas kugon. Filipino, it's basically sa una ka lang ah, yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. hope we, yeah. It's so dangerous na ngayon eh. Kasi like, you know, so many promises, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not our fault for believing in them, for believing in their promises. But the thing is, we should also be very critical. Like what I said, you, it's not just about voting for whose advocacies you most believe in, but it's also very being very critical. Like, look at their background. Look at their yeah, capabilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, has there been a time wherein they didn't abide by their responsibilities? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're choosing our leaders. We're choosing the next batch of people to guide us through this pandemic since considering that next year, we're still going to be in a pandemic. Sadly. We're still going to be online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sadly. So, yun, I think it all just boils down to be critical, be analytical, as voters, mm-hmm. as constituents. Yes. yes. And always remember that, you know, always choose the leader who is, who you see has the most potential and has, and isn't just full of empty promises. Because, like, a lot of people just want positions for the sake of having positions. Mm-hmm. But nobody, or like, only a handful talaga really are passionate about giving service to the community. Yeah, yeah right? correct. Correct, correct. I agree. And, you know, with that, with the growing number of obstacles that our own country continues to face as the future leaders of our society, you know, it's very imperative to remember that even in our university life, we must strive to act as altruistic servant leaders, armed with integrity, and of course, having the heart for the people. Because at the end of the day, you know, para sa bayan, para sa tao, yes. and all for the greater good and glory of yes. God. Yes, Atenean, Atenean, yeah. <laughs> True blue, baby. <laughs> and Atenean lingo, I think everybody knows. Okay, sige. But since we have here with us a very special homegrown, would you like to have the honor of saying the Atenean lingo? Oh, yes. I think. <laughs> oh, my Lolo. God. I know. 
All right, guys. So, <laughs> you know, we all have to remember that we have to keep it magis, you know. Um, and also, we have to pra- keep practice, uh, keep practicing Kura personalis. And okay, here's a here's a little um, here's a little what do you call that um, Athenian homegrown secret uh, that's been drilled into our heads. Uh, <laughs> you know, because like you know, uh, people normally think of magis as doing more. And well, that's not necessary. That's not wrong at all. That's the literal meaning. Uh, we were also taught that, um, in a way, it means doing more means choosing the best option. And what in this option, and the best option, in most cases, is most like definitely love, the loving option. You know, um, whether it be the love for your constituents, if you're if you're an aspiring leader, the love for your people, or if you're like you know a boss, you know, uh, or a leader, as you'd want to say. Um, the love for your teammates and and whatnot, and I think in the end of the day, that's what it boils down to, guys. Do you guys agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. My, my 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 uh, Yes. <laughs> Words of wisdom from our favorite lol. Oh yes. <laughs> our sophomore lolo. <laughs> sophomore. <laughs> that's my title. That, that that's that's just gonna be on my ID now. Sophomore lolo. I guess you know to wrap up the whole campaign part, I guess what we want to tell everyone listening right now is think critically, vote wisely. That's really not only in, you know, all of, in all of the elections here at school, but also as well in, you know, the coming national elections, which is soon. So today was a really great, you know, session. We talked about very important topics. Um, We talked about Asian hate and the bystander bystander effect, which, you know, it's kind of the reason why there's so much um, Asian hate crimes right now and Mm -hmm. which is the reason also for the many unreported hate crimes out there. Yeah. And we also talked about the campaign season here in Ateneo, which, where we talked about, you know, what it takes to be a student leader, a servant leader, specifically as Ellery talked about, and how these servant leaders, they're supposed to be leading with love, also with the idea of greater purpose, um, you know, in hopes of leaving legacies, while also preparing oneself to become good people in society. So I think, you know, a really nice message, you know, for all of the topics we talked about today is really, you know, for everyone it's just educate yourselves yes be socially aware because yeah i mean it's such an easy thing to say but it's not always the easiest thing to do but then you know if your heart is in the right place we can always try our best to you know learn more and learn not only things that should concern ourselves but you know the whole the whole world what do you guys think super agree yeah Period. Period. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> Period. Well said, Miss Iana. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> all right. And I think that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Z. Iana. Loved the topics. You know, it was a really great discussion with you guys, as always. And with that, you guys, this has been Hashtag Mema. Don't forget to keep it magic. Follow the sound. And once again, it's your local Gulay Girly from 1AB Communication. It's your girl, Celery, without the sheep. And I am joined by my lovely co-DJs. Your resident Lolo here at Magis Radio, Z Pineda and... It's Iana Padilla, your optimistic chica who won't make you pass out also from 1ABCOM. And with that, we're here to remind you to keep it magic, follow the sound.
Hashtag Mema is a production of Magis Radio, which was written by Kristen Banaag and Alyssa Ang, and edited by Thomas Bersamira and Bianca Paras, with music by Benedict Melchor. Magis Radio will be back on April 16. Once again, you're listening to Hashtag Mema. Remember to keep it Magis and follow the sound.